Welcome to the NFT Talks podcast and today's episode we have the CEO of Hirsch and Mann which is a digital agency that enhances experiences, physical and digital experiences at events and you know that's something that we're into because NFT Talks put on our first event last year and we look to put on a lot more events this year. Uh, his name was Daniel Hirschman so uh, you can see that within the name and he's also dropped an NFT collection which is really interesting because I feel it touches on the well-being side uh, of meditation and slowing things down and the NFT space is so fast-paced and just constantly going and uh, there's so much emotions involved whether you're buying NFTs, you're selling NFTs, it's always interesting to have something that's going to bring you back and focus on yourself and your well-being. So we're going to talk about that NFT and you can guys can get to find a bit more about that. Um, but guys, thank you for listening and supporting the NFT Talks podcast. So please share, subscribe and let's help build this community. Welcome back to the NFT Talks podcast. I'm here with a guest that I met around, was that, three weeks ago? Um, yeah, nice guy. Had a great conversation. <laughs> and then, Thank you. Well, and then um, I, I think it was from the conversation, I thought it'd be great to get you on the podcast uh, because the, we talked about so many different aspects of the NFT space. I think that needs to be touched on. So he's the founder and CEO of Hirsch and Mann, a digital agency. Uh, for experiences, digital experience and physical experience at events, which another thing I think is important in the space, which we can go on to. Um, and he's also recently done a drop, his own NFTs, which we're going to get into that. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but welcome, Daniel Hirschman. How are you doing? I am excellent, Sean Sinclair. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Good, good. Um, yeah, so um, let's, let's jump straight into it and just do a little deep dive into your background um from sure. a bit about yourself and then we'll just kind of dive into where you got into the nft space because like i said that's where the great stories come from everyone comes from different <laughs> different backgrounds and all walks of life so yeah supposedly so i'll try i'll try and keep the uh there's so much about the background but i'll keep it short <laughs> uh so yes my name is daniel hirschman um i'll i'll just say that from you know because we're talking about the nft space i will mention that I, my first uh, university degree was in fine arts, so I've mm -hmm. always kind of been very deeply engaged in the arts. I'm very fascinated by creating, you know, the creative process. You know, in all honesty, one of the things I learned when I, when I jumped into that degree was I learned how to be, um, what's the word, confident in your own creative process, which is... Yeah which is a hard thing to do. It took me like three years to figure that out to a degree. And, uh, and then I basically moved away from that <laughs> as one does. My, my background, as I mentioned to you last time, was uh, I was a sculpture major. I like to build physical objects. I like spaces that are transformed through physical um, interventions within that space. Experiences of those spaces is really interesting to me and fascinating to me. I was interested in interactive sculptures, things that could actually respond and remove and move around. 
Well, then I got interested in computing. This is the good old days. I mentioned this uh, previously. The uh, uh, I use I learned how to code because of interactive CD-ROMs. Nobody knows what those are anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, but they were CDs that people used to have audio on, but you could actually have media on them too, as before the world of DVDs came out. And uh, you know there was this great software that Macromedia came out with called Director, which basically allowed you to program or script uh, all sorts of interesting behaviors and could create really rich, engaging experiences for uh, people who happen to, to view them. So that's how I got into coding and the sort of technology aspect of the creative process. Um, and th this is all important because it ultimately ladders up into where we are. Yeah, today. yeah, it is, it is. Um, so do tell me if I'm rambling. I'm going to keep try keep it succinct, as I said. Um, so sort of stayed in that sort of world of technology, creative uh, outcomes like design agencies, et cetera. And then eventually went and did a master's at uh, New York University's Interactive Telecommunications Program, which is a, a great name that tells you nothing about what the program <laughs> is, but they just don't have a better name for it because yeah. Interactive Telecommunications back in 40 years ago when they started it was a really interesting thing, but now there's no real explanation for what mm. the current most interesting interactive technology edge of uh, experiential stuff that there is out there. So they maintain the name anyway. And that's where I focused on building, on taking the kind of sculptural obsession I had and combine that with the technical obsession I had and actually was able to build interactive and responsive sculptural uh, installations. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, won't give you the whole detail, but then started a company over here called uh, Hershey Man, as you mentioned, which was basically, it, it started very much like my artist studio. You know, I, I decided to leave my previous job and mm -hmm. just you know, allow myself the freedom to be creative again and you know, maybe create my own work for a change, uh, et cetera. That resulted in doing a relatively large project at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York, uh, which basically was a super hardcore generative art project. From my perspective, it was super hardcore for some people in the space. It was, yeah, you know, a generative <laughs> art project. But, uh, but for me, it was massive. I was able to show this kind of digital painting system I've been developing for the last, for the previous four, three, three or four years as a hobby yeah. um, to a whole bunch of fascinating people in, in at, at this incredible art institution. And that really established that kind of, that was the moment that I was like, shit, I need to create a studio that uh, on one hand limits the liability of screwing up and, you know, by mistake, the LED wall falls over and hurts an American and then you're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of that, but at the same time, I, you know, I didn't know anything about what the purpose of the business was, but I did know that I wanted the kind of umbrella that allowed me to kind of do the things that I enjoyed doing and maybe even build a team around that. So that, just to touch on what kind of thing, give an example of what kind of things would you do in an event, just a, a very broad, basic explanation of what kind of things so people can actually understand. Because I mean, I've, I've been onto your yeah. site, I've seen the kind of things, but just explain a few things you've, you've done so we can have a... Yeah, sure, a pleasure. So... Um, so Hershey Man, uh, which we started back then, yeah. uh, off the back of this generative art project. Generative art was actually one of the things we actually showed at multiple events. So um, imagine you walk up to, into a, at an event or in a gallery or whatever. And as you walk past this wall, the whole, it's an LED wall or it's projection or it's a series of screens, whatever. The whole thing transforms itself as it tries to paint digitally what it sees. So if I'm standing there and I'm waving my hands around, it sort of generates particles, uh, paint particles, et cetera, that try to move around the screen and reveal the image that the camera is capturing in a surprisingly figurative way, but all using, you know, 
a series of algorithms basically to, mm -hmm. to distribute that paint, quote unquote, all over the screen. That's one kind, that's a very digital uh, outcome. Another example would be something we did with Google a couple of years back called the pixel wall, which is basically imagine a series of um, these physical tangible pixels on a wall. Each one of them had five sides on them, four sides for the Google brand colors, yeah. and one side which was basically one big vinyl super graphic. Now, if you had like hundreds of these pixels all over a wall and they were all motorized, the whole wall physically transforms as people walk in and out of the space. It Crazy. showed graphics all over it. It showed the super graphic once in a while. It followed people into the space yeah. using thermal cameras. So we're talking about everything from, you know, digital surfaces with generative art on them all mm -hmm. the way through to physical, tangible objects in space that literally make you surprise and delight moments, you know, give you that moment mm -hmm. of like, oh shit, what's that? Is that, is that, is that, happy? Is that real? That's the first <laughs> thing. The second thing is, damn, that's awesome. I want to take a photo of that or kind of a couple of awesome. selfie videos, et cetera. The point is to kind of share what we always describe as a, a moment of magic with the people who are viewing it, because mm -hmm. that moment of magic is something that they'll recall for years and years to come. And that's the kind of experiential that we're really interested in at Hirschman. Okay. So, Hopefully that gives you a good synopsis. I mean, it's very, it's only two projects and there's a lot of stuff in between, but uh, um, ask me any more questions about that. Yeah, how did you get into the NFT space then? So obviously, because I feel that you have all like these these skills, you've got the, the coding side and then you've got the fine art side. And I can imagine when you probably heard about NFTs as, as it is now, it's driven and hit spearheaded by the art industry. And obviously it's got the tech side to it. So I feel it's probably perfectly um, crafted for you. <laughs> to, to the state yeah you know you, you really hit the nail on the head it feels it feels like that in many respects so i i heard about nfts probably last year sometime sometime sort of the end of 2020 mm -hmm. things you know things started bubbling up it was interesting but i i in all honesty i was very distracted by pandemic stuff uh i yeah. had another business that uh was going through some some pandemic related issues um, and so I was extremely distracted by that. But then as soon as those distractions ended, suddenly like the eyes just bolt shot open. I was like, whoa, what the hell is going on in the space? These things are, it was fascinating to me. There was so much interesting stuff going on, but it was also, there was a lot. And I wasn't clear how I, like, in all honesty, like what was my own perspective within the space was a big question mark that kept on coming up. It felt so right, you're right, the alignment was right. Technology, creativity, perfect Venn diagrams, the history of the work that we've done, et cetera, maybe a bit too tangible for the NFT space, who knows? But it still felt so right. However, and I know this is gonna sound a bit odd, but it was important to me, you know, I actually ended up having a surprising struggle with my perspective on it because I have some incredible peers in the space, some people who are the kind of true OGs of generative art in, you know, as it is today. Um, I deeply respect the work that they have done. And I had this kind of weird fear and uncertainty and doubt, FUD, we know what that means, mm -hmm. around my own practice. And I've been outside of the art production process of my own. I haven't been sharing art of my own, et cetera, for so long how can I suddenly just say, well, fuck it, you guys are doing it, I'm doing it too. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't how I wanted to come across because that's not what the intent was. So mm. that struggle was really interesting to kind of manage and it kind of began a really interesting part of the process that resulted in the NFT drop we just did. But um, what was really important to me was that I wanted to engage in the space, 
as much as I possibly could, understand it, understand the blockchain, understand the process of minting. I ended up actually diving into like five or six different platforms. I minted on, um, on Binance-based platforms, on Ethereum-based platforms, on Tezos platforms. Um, as at some some points, I, I minted not as myself because I was afraid to be honest about what I was doing because I was uncertain of what my perspective was. And at other times, I did mint as myself, but I never never pushed the marketing aside, which is a big part of this NFT space. Yeah, yeah, massive, massive. I mean, it's it's funny that you you say that. I mean, it's it isn't funny. I think it's it's normal um, that you that whole that side of okay, though I'm going to put my work out there and let everyone decide whether. I mean, because that's how you feel. If people buy it, that's how you decide decide success, I guess. Like if people buy it, and everyone must go through that at some point. And and it, I think with the, with everyone having so much success in the space, to also, and you, you kind of you kind of want that, which is normal to us. <laughs> you know, you, you said something really interesting. Seeing my some of my peers doing extremely well. I mean, like literally life changing stuff. Yeah, was pressurizing. You know, like. You know, the, yeah. the, there's a, it's so interesting what goes in your own head, right? Like, you know, I'm, in my, I'm above 40 years old. Yes, I know. These incredibly uh, youthful <laughs> looks are only because of the... No, I'm joking. There, there's no youth here. It's all great. All great. Um, what was interesting was you see people being successful and you're like, wait, why can't I do that too? But mm -hmm. then you realize, well, because I haven't been in the space in the same way they have or been producing work in the same way they have or be building a community in the same way they have, Thanks. they've been investing in this for years. Some of them have just been lucky. Some of them have been incredibly talented for 20, 30, 40 years now and been working their asses off to do what they do. And they deserve everything, that, every bit of success they've created. But you feel that pressure from the people in your network and the people you respect, the people you wish you knew very well because they were so great at what they did. Yeah, you feel that pressure, and so you want to know how do you respond to that in a way that is sensible, not rushed. And now I know that sounds weird for somebody who drinks as much coffee as I do, but <laughs> because it's interesting, because this was so near and dear to my heart, the art world, being a part of the art world in some way over the years, but not deeply involved in it, having studied art, I, f I felt like. I needed to make sense of it properly and actually take my time to resolve those feelings before truly jumping into it um, with a perspective. Because I need to know what was my perspective. Don't just make stuff for making sake, make it for the reason that makes the most sense to me. Because how, how else am I going to evangelize something unless I truly believe in it? True. Bare facts. And that that's a, a major key point that I think that you just touched on there that it doesn't really get spoken about or I just think artists creators need to take on board okay great people are doing great in the space but you need to find your lane and put out something that you have you're happy with is at least uh so whether it sells or not it's a piece of artwork you can live with that it's going to be out there and it may down the line it may sell but it's it's the creative process isn't it and and taking that right approach not rushing there for the wrong reasons because I feel a lot of people are going to rush into the space for the money you know this this, oh, yeah. this I mean, to grabby kind of issue here there is a lot of that and of course there's so much scamming that goes on all the rug mm -hmm. pulls etc I'm, I'm hyper aware of that but what's really interesting so let me tell you the thing that's so fascinating for me about this thing about the space mm -hmm. so i'm not you know i'm i'm I, we'll talk about my drop at some point later but yeah. the kind of thing that was really fascinating for me about this was sure you can quote unquote make a lot of money in the space if you become successful absolutely or if you are just extremely good at marketing yeah and hype building which is an interesting side to this which i'm not so in love with um 
or in fact, people who are just great at community building, whether or not the art is great, they just built a solid community. That, that I do actually back. I think that's really interesting. Um, but the thing is that if you, if, if you don't like, so if you're going to do all that stuff and you do it within, with, as a business or like with your team behind you, you're not doing it as an individual artist. You're actually building something that becomes like an engine of growth for your own business to not be dependent on client work so you can continue innovating internally continue your own r&d continue creating things for a community as opposed to actually waiting to desperately sell something to a client listen this is post-pandemic world right the yeah, pandemic yeah. destroyed my event business it destroyed we did stuff in retail in events we did stuff sometimes in the art world too how much physical art was being seen over the 18 months how many events were happening in real in real life over those 18 months? Probably not. <laughs> it like decimated my business. And so what was fascinating to me was I saw this not just as an important opportunity for, 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 for sorry, if we excuse the art for a second, the kind of creative process for a second, it felt like a real opportunity for me to actually almost shift the strategy of my business mm -hmm. to be more um, valuable, to well to allow us to create value for ourselves while at the same time really committing to value creation for a community that we have to build from scratch yeah and that that was a really interesting paradigm shift for me and i have to say the community aspect of this i've touched on it a few times this space is so interesting when it comes to community community is literally everything if you happen to have a community when you start in the space, it helps you to level up very quickly. If you don't have a community and you're starting from nothing, which is kind of where, where I felt we ended up starting from, it it really, it's it's like a, it's a uphill climb. If you happen to be the hype builders, you can build that community, but how much community are you building? Is it all a hype? Let, let, let me ask you a question, Dan, then what's, what, what are people building at this point in this space? Are they building business or community? Are, are the communities or customers? With exactly community is your customer, but are you building one or the other? I think I think there are three different things that are happening. Let's see if I can figure out what those three yeah. things are live. Uh, <laughs> the first one is you have, as I said, you've already got a community, but suddenly you've learned. And I'm going to use like business speak. I'm sorry, but yeah. I can't help myself a little bit here. You're going to monetize your your, your community, right? That's yeah. that's what people have been doing on the influencer bandwagon for a long time now taking a community that are deeply invested in something and giving them an opportunity to actually help to monetize the effort you're putting into helping that community feel like they're connected to someone or something or some concept, right? That's number one. The second one is you have people building uh, a lot of hype, the hype community, which isn't really a term, but yeah. the community that is like you pay 20K just to you know invite as many members to a discord to create as many fake followers on twitter yes. to, to to create an empty shell that looks on the outside like something that is interested interesting to others yeah and then people ape into it right so you have the ape communities but is it a community <laughs> but this is what i'm arguing is that really a community because there are people buying into something that doesn't really exist i mean a community is built of something that i feel that people have invested time into and understand and then they have something in in relation to each other that they can talk about and that's where i feel that i'll use an example with the board eights have done really well everybody when was invested they believe they had the same vision they and then that's that's what they had a strong community which hence why where it is now you get these projects where are just kind of hyped up 
and people are just going the only thing that people go into it there's no there's no substance to it the only thing people can invest into is the hoping to make money um, you know I mean? so that's that's what i'm saying is it is, is it community or customers really when you're going to think about so, so you have the community customer combo combo which is the probably the the healthiest version yeah and you have the kind of the, the gamblers which yeah, yeah. Are, your, are your sort of ape communities and i, I apologize for using that term because it all i always feel like wrong to say that because i'm not talking about board ape at all or yeah, successful yeah. project i just mean the aping in concept right yeah everybody's going for that i'm gonna buy it right now i'm gonna inflate the value of it right now yeah yeah and then as soon as it goes to secondary it just tanks or there is no secondary because there's a rug pull right mm -hmm. so i think that is playing on the hype and those are scammers those are there is so much successful scamming going on right now it's actually mm -hmm. mind-blowing i have to say on a side note we did get a couple of scam messages out to our community yesterday not we didn't put them out but we they were oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, in some way it was like a badge of honor somebody <laughs> thought we were going <laughs> to scam i was like yeah we did it <laughs> now it's no true but we've got to be careful well. <laughs> got to be careful of the scammers because that is there um people taking advantage of so yeah on, on, on the, we're we're like you know a good community protects one another you 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 yeah. remind everybody about the scammers there's a lot of you know, we're jumping into a little bit of the conversation around the actual drop, but I, I will say this. I So only when we got close, like a day and a half before our drop, mm -hmm. did we start to see our community start to actually come out of its shell to really grow in a meaningful way. We mm -hmm. had a lot, we had like a thousand something people on our server on our Discord. Again, not a big project. We were, we're not mm -hmm. trying to grow fast. I'll tell you more about the project in a minute. But the thing that was interesting for me was at, only when we got to the point that we were about to do the mint, suddenly, we had so many people joining in. It became this real hive of activity. The activity we were waiting for for weeks never <laughs> came until literally the day before. I'll tell you, that messes with your mental state for the weeks before. But Jesus, it was lovely to see you yesterday. Um, yeah. And now we have invested members of our community who actually have bought into the project and believe in it. And that is like, it's so fascinating to go from like, we need a community to like, oh, shit, I think, I think we're building one. Yeah. It feels so different to know that you now have something to build on top of instead of hope for the best that you're doing something that will be valued by somebody, maybe if they choose to support you. I think that's down to your approach, though, isn't it? Is being consistent, having the right intentions and building something, regardless if someone's there or not. Because I think people at this point are doing their due diligence and watching. There's so many projects. So people are watching and watching and watching. And then, like you said, they're aping last towards the end. They might have not gone to anything. So that's... Yeah, there's so many things to touch on, man. <laughs> but it says it says a lot about the space, right? Like, yeah. Like, I think so. In the space, you have your sort of like large scale drops, and you have yeah. your uh, 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 artists who are doing either one of one or editions of one, but they're <laughs> excuse me, they're sort of like a little bit closer to the the artist, the kind of like um, classical version of an artist, but in the mm -hmm. NFT space, right? Um, those folks. You know, I think they're doing very well. There's an opportunity now to do very well as a consistent, continuously creative uh, person who does great work and has built a community around them. You will be successful if you are consistent and you genuinely support the people who support you. Mm -hmm. I believe that 100%. Facts. Then you have the larger drops who are trying to build a larger scale community and kind of quote unquote own that community. I say own it just by because they have their own discord, right? Uh, they want to talk directly to them. They don't want to do it via 
you know, messaging on Twitter only. They want to do it like or, or via foundation, you know, and seeing how many other people have bought what on of this artist, which is a great way to build hype too. But the interesting thing for me was like, we've never built any kind of community before, but we definitely want to be able to talk directly to our community so we can actually involve them in the process that we're going through. In the beginning, we're not going to do anything like create a DAO or not yet. You know, I don't yeah. think so. I'm not yet sure. It's too early. We have no idea what we're going to do in that at that stage. But I definitely want people's opinions. I want people to weigh in on what we're doing. And guess what? The people who don't weigh in, that's fine. People who do weigh in will listen. Hopefully, it will inform what we do. But at the end of the day, we're still we now have people to talk to to give us that feedback. Yeah, which which is probably the most valuable thing we could possibly have been able to create and hopefully grow over time. Um, I definitely do believe, and I'm sure you've heard this multiple times, all of these big drop projects, the 10,000 of the 5,000 of the 6,666, the 6969, yeah, yeah. you know, you're going to have your blue chips that stick around and continue having value. They'll probably dip in value to a degree as well. And then you're going to have 95 to 99% of the rest are going to disappear. The ones that are going to remain, I genuinely believe, are the ones that, that want to put more effort into their community than their community is willing to put into them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, and that's right. I mean, that's the thing is, that's why I asked is, are you creating a, a community or are you creating a business? I mean, that's how do you survive because... They, they have people have to still want want this for whatever reason, or the community has got to be willing to push this and keep you above what why are things happening because there will be talking about crypto, there will be a bear market soon, and that's going to be the challenge for the NFT space. I think in regards to what happens to these projects because if it is just a JPEG and that's all you're offering, and there's nothing tangible or nothing, there's no community, then where's the value? Um, Dude, oh my God. <laughs> so that like where is the value question mark is the yeah. best question to ask whenever anybody's looking at any of these projects mm -hmm. and it's in all honesty the things that have the most value are often the things that aren't as successful i i find yeah you know things that are doing really interesting th uh they're creating something quite intriguing and exciting for a longer game are often too long a game for the people who are interested in the hype and the gamble Right. So, uh, you know, that's that's an interesting kind of uh, with the word tightrope that we're crossing as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this might be a good excuse to jump into. A little yeah, bit no, of, like, I, did, like, this, this, I think we've been quite we've been, we've been quite selfish in regard to just talking about the space without talking yeah. about you actually drop so far. So, I mean, it's worry, a good time man. to talk about what <laughs> it's a good time to talk about what you guys are doing. So for everybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, you probably all get this one thing that I'm about to say, which is. It is so great to talk to somebody who is interested in the space, who gets it, who wants to kind of learn more and at the same time wants to share what they know. That is without a doubt one of the most enjoyable things when you're into something new and exciting that not many other people know about. To be able to have these conversations, man, you don't get to do this often because it's still so damn fresh. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Sean, for giving us the excuse to have this conversation because it's great. I'm enjoying it too much as well. So thank you. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> so, so why? Why? What was the thing that we did? So after all that kind of like journey stuff and figuring out what the hell, what's my perspective in all this stuff, et cetera, and how can my business kind of participate and me and my business participate in this in a way that is relevant and meaningful to, to, to the community, to a community, right? Mm -hmm. So my reflection was, hey, you know what? Every single time I see another NFT drop, 
uh, every single time I see my friends talking about this NFT or that NFT or this interesting kind of project or whatever, I get this tingle inside me, which is a mix of, um, wait, I should be doing something. And at the same time, what the fuck is this project? <laughs> like, <laughs> it is so shit. Why is anybody getting money for this crap? Right. Sorry. I know I found that's a little bit passionate, but it's true. There's passion there. Um, but for real, I, w I found this really frustrating because I knew people who are 10 times more talented than me could be doing 10,000 times better work than I was seeing online. And also the work we could do was definitely, there were moments that I was like, our stuff's better than that. So in September, I was like, there are two things that happened. One, I was hating the anxiety that this made me feel. It was really affecting my life, right? Every single time somebody would send me another thing, I'd literally like, I'd feel it in my body physically. Like, oh my God, I need to find some more Ethereum to buy. Oh, oh my God, I don't have enough Tezos to do that. Oh, you know, like, yeah, for real. And, and, and I'd be so, I'd be checking, when is the drop? When is the drop? Is it now? Can I buy it on the MetaMask? No, I can't. Oh shit, can I do it? I have to get on desktop. Fuck, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. How am I going to, you know, it was just full. And, the, and then you get the gas fees. Yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. So like about two weeks into my experience on of that sort of buying and that kind of anxiety, I just made a strong decision to just say, I'm literally, I, refu I almost refuse outright to buy anything on Ethereum anymore. First of all, it's not good for the environment. Like the, I know there's excuses for it, et cetera, but the reality is a proof of work system, which it's transitioning from, and it is just not the right approach for any blockchain for it to be kind of valuable and useful in the future. So, and, and the fact that you're paying for that in gas fees with a system that they designed to be an auctioning system is just to me like, it completely incentivizes the wrong, the wrong activity and wrong behavior. Mm. So it's but because it, of that, I believe we have a lot of the kind of the crazy aping in that you've been seeing. With, with all, in all fairness, I don't think Ethereum was designed for NFTs, though, wasn't it? It was designed for the the, the def, these, the decentralized finance smart contract side of it, rather I than. I totally agree, but yeah. the thing is, it's the volume, right? Yeah, so, that's so what. If kind the of... traffic increased to a certain degree, the same problem would have occurred, whether it's NFTs or something else, right? Okay, true, true. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Ah, uh, So I was like, oh yeah. So that anxiety, that uncertainty, that like ridiculous kind of um, frustration with what other people were creating in the space. And you know, I want to I want to be very clear though. I also don't know. I didn't know how much effort it takes to build a project. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and um, I also didn't want to do a project like I was seeing. I want to do something that was kind of unique to us and appropriate for our kind of skill set, etc. So. The decision was right then and there was two fold. One, no more Ethereum. And two, I am going to stop complaining about all this stuff that I'm frustrated by. And I'm just going to do it myself so I can A, learn about it and B, prove that there, it is possible, at least try and prove that it's possible to do something that I really do like in this space on this kind of large scale drops side of things. Um, that I can truly evangelize and believe in, et cetera. And so then it began this kind of process of figuring out which blockchain was right, what was the actual project and how can it address these general concerns that I've been feeling around the space, the, particularly the anxiety story. So I felt anxious. I was unhappy with the way I, my mental state had shifted because of the space, but I loved the space so much. So how can I 
in some way maybe contribute something positive to the space uh, in some small way. So that's what uh, started this project. We decided to use Solana as the blockchain. I like Solana, it is like it's insanely fast, it's lightning fast. Uh, the gas fees are virtually zero. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, it's, it's like fractional pennies, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it is got so much development going on. It's insane how fast things are developing, how many projects are on it. Like it was so exciting as somebody who has some technical background to see the amount of development going on, the constant pull requests you were seeing on some of these um, open source uh, projects that, that I was watching, particularly one called Metaplex, uh, which is the NFT standard on Solana. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was just like it felt so exciting to see all the stuff going on so it felt right uh, i like the coin and i also like the you know the value wasn't insane like ethereum but it also it's clearly had a lot of traction so i was excited about that what wallet you have to use in solana what what wallet is it it's um phantom and Soulflare are the two phantom and Soulflare. well Soulflare is the only one that has an ios app or sorry any app um yeah. it just came out like a week ago i think okay um phantom's coming out in about a couple of months i believe from my sources tell me a couple, yeah. of, a couple of weeks or months. Um, but but I will say that it's still early doors on this blockchain and uh, enough to say that like MetaMask, for example, is, is actually a really decent tool for being able to mint things on your mobile. You can't really do that yet on, on Solana blockchain uh, yet. Yeah. Uh, okay. But but it will come. You know, I feel I actually really, Phantom is a beautiful wallet. Like it, it, it just looks great. They've done an excellent job of it. And there is still continued development. Soulflare is clearly developing really fast as well. So I can recommend both of those. Uh, personal preference, Phantom. PH, by the way, not F, because Phantom with an F is another blockchain. Confusing. Uh, so, which also does NFTs. Anywho, um, so Solana. And what are we going to do on Solana, you may ask? Uh, we're going to, we, well, I wanted to, to, to take one of the projects we've actually been developing internally for, like, as some experiments in early, you know, a couple of years back, in fact, which was a way to generate mandalas, which are basically, you know, these beautiful, extremely geometric and um, symmetrical patterns, which are used, <coughs> excuse me, I think uh, all the excitement after last night's drop um, <laughs> may be affecting me now. Um, anyway, these beautiful patterns, um, they're actually meant to assist in meditative practices uh often used you know it's actually the, the busyness and the intensity and the symmetry is often a, a way for your brain to settle um and it's a way to kind of calm the mind uh and so we really enjoyed creating these um uh, generative algorithmically generative mandalas with various you know all sorts of cool things we could do with them the speed the movement the number of rings they're all very circular they have very simple uh primitive shapes that make them up uh, Etc. So I'm going a little too deep on the tech. Sorry. Well, on the description of the actual mandala, but let me... no, I think it's important though because I know where it is important with regards to the shape and the the rhythm and that, that touch on obviously the meditation side of why the white's exactly. like that. So exactly. Yeah. So what we what, after playing with that for a little while, um, I started to realize, you know what, man, this really does re remind me. I, I can watch them for hours, right? I like when I think of digital artworks, I often think of them as there's two different kinds. You have like your digital fireplaces. Mm -hmm. which is like a, a thing you can watch for hours, right? The fireplace is something that constantly changes. It feels so analog and beautiful and calming and trance-inducing. And a digital mirror is the other kind, which is something where you see yourself reflected in it, i.e. it's interactive in some way, right? Yeah. 
Um, so I love the digital fireplace concept. And so the idea that you could create something that would constantly evolve and change over time was something we wanted to embed into this. As you said, it can, it's sort of, we have a sort of pulsing uh, property, which, which sort of has, has the rings opening and closing and becoming, it really does feel like an in-breath and an out-breath. And it has the rhythm that could align with your own breathing if you chose to use it for meditation. Okay, so is it, it, that isn't the actual, so the, the whole pulse, pulsing in and out, that is actually just for the meditation. Would you, you're not saying to people that, but it's NFT that you can use it for meditation because that's what I found really interesting because when I start, I meditate um, when I can. And when I started meditating, the get rid of the noise and you're supposed to close your eyes and, and so on, it's quite hard to get rid of all the noise in your head. But I feel to focus on something and follow the breathing um, and in and out, I thought, that is really interesting. Yeah, um, well, so, I mean, so, so everybody has a different practice uh, yeah. around the, the around calming the mind, right? So it doesn't have to be meditation either. It could be a few deep breaths. It could be, you know, just counting to 10. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, people have their processes. And I don't, yeah. by the way, I absolutely don't profess to be a, an expert in this at all. All I can say is that I know it works for me. Mm -hmm. And I know that it works for some of the people that I've, I've tested it with, you know, mm -hmm. there is something about that movement in and out that helps to calm things alongside the breath. But there are other things that are happening as well. And it's not just about that in and out movement, but it is ultimately about calming, right? So that's a very, the outcome ultimately is to give you a moment to pause and to, and in that pause, you might just have a nice deep breath and that's it. So the idea is that when you open up your lovely wallet, your phantom wallet or whatever, you see all of these great PFPs that you've bought and, you know, like, you know, this ape and that, uh, I don't even know, that you know, pick a PFP. Yeah. Um, and all of them are like, yeah, cool. These things, and maybe I'm going to sell them or I'm going to hold them or whatever. But then when you see ours, like my, my, my true dream is that, People will sit and they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to breathe in and out with the movement of that animation just for a second. Yeah. Give myself a moment to pause. Hopefully, that moment will actually help you to make better choices. Mm -hmm. Give you a moment to just breathe because we all need to breathe once in a while. Yeah, Just be that pause in your mad, intense, anxiety-inducing experience in the NFT space in that mm -hmm. moment, you know? So, yeah. so that's, that's sort of what the ambition of the project was. Um, a couple of other really important points for us. Sure, you see an NFT in your wallet, you know that these tiny little JPEGs or tiny little GIFs. It was really important to us um, to create something that wasn't just a, a GIF sitting in your wallet, but actually something that would could be a full screen on whatever size display you wanted to show your artwork on in your home. And so we actually made it so that each of the artworks, they have their own animated GIF. They also come with a PNG, but nobody cares about that really because you see the animation in the GIF. Mm -hmm. But if you click on the link in the NFT, it takes you to the live quote unquote version of your artwork. And it's all an HTML file with the embedded JavaScript. You don't need to be online for it. Well, you need to be online to download it, of course, but yeah. you don't need to be online for the connections to libraries, et cetera. You just need a browser and your file. And the thing will open up in your browser, it, you know, it fills up the whole browser, but if you click on it, it goes full screen. So it clears all the other crap away. And all you have is your constantly moving, constantly changing, beautiful uh, animated mandala. Mm -hmm. Full screen, full quality. It's it, it looks beautiful. It is the way it's meant to be, as far as I'm concerned, right? The other cool thing that we thought, this is a soul mandala. So yes, soul for Solana, we get it. <laughs> but at the same time, soul for sun. Yeah. 
We really wanted to do something different that I, I haven't yet seen this done in other projects. I'm not saying it's the first by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely think it's one of the earlier ones that have done this, at least uh, for sure on Solana, maybe, maybe there's other blockchains that have done this, but um, we added a sort of property to them, a trait, which is relationship to the sun. So the idea is that in our days, we are more active typically. And in the evenings, we should be more quiet in terms of our energy. And so we wanted it to be most active around noon, which is sort of when the sun is potentially, you know, highest in the sky, wherever you are in the world. Um, and then either side of that for six hours, it kind of, so from 6 a.m. it starts to get more active. At noon, it's most active. And then up until 6 p.m. it gets less active for that particular trait, which is a sort of spinning trait. Mm -hmm. That means at noon, like right now, if we were to open up ours and have a look at them and we had that trait in it, you would see them really beautifully rotating and pulsing in and out. And like that just adds a whole other dimension of complexity to the kind of beauty of this mandala. Not all of them have that and have different degrees of it, of course, yeah. you know, standard rarity straight stuff. But, but what's really lovely for me is that I love the fact that this is something that is related to where you are in that moment, the time of day at that place, and what the energy level might be in that moment as well. A few, uh, a few questions just to, just to ask about that side of it then. So um, it's almost dynamic like a yeah. dynamic nft so it um if it's right it's, this is not done from from a uh, an oracle blockchain oracle this is done from within yeah um, so um I'll, I'll i'll explain it fully i'm happy yeah. to share it um we looked into the best way to do this and we didn't want anything to happen like you get a if you open up your 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 beautiful live version you'll get a pop-up that says do you want to share your location with this uh with this application and you know that'll just break the whole experience so we kind of cheated a little bit and we connected it just to what the browser time is so if you happen to change the time of your system yeah. It will fake it to give you an idea of what it looks like when it's quiet or busy or whatever. So you can actually play with that yourself and it gives you a way to control your yeah. NFT if you wanted to. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, some, I, someone, may, someone may work nights and they may, you know, you're sleeping in the day and be active in the night. So, you know. Well, exactly. I mean, also, like, let's say you're having a party and you want your mandala to be one of the things on the wall. You don't want it to look like it's oh, crazy. You want it to look like it's nude. So, <laughs> I mean, each to their own. We're not going to stop anyone from doing it. Another important thing is we actually have all the code visible. So, actually, if anybody wanted to, they could look at the code. Mm -hmm. It's legible. We want to, you know, it's so important to us. We care about the stuff. We wanted people to really be able to understand the code if they were into it. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being, you know, obfuscated or hidden away, we just made it really clear and legible for people to then sort of like follow the logic of how this whole thing is made. And each one of them has unique code. We actually wrote a system that builds the NFT content and at the same time generates the unique code for that particular artwork. So each mm -hmm. artwork has its own code. Slight variations, of course, but they are still unique. Mm -hmm. No, I love so, that. so we didn't use an oracle it's just a kind of short version of the answer to what i just said there yeah uh it's a nice idea to do that too and of course we'd love to have kept things all blockchainy but the reality is we want to keep things simple and effective and work every time regardless of whether you're online or offline so once you have your file it just works okay and an idea dan for the future wearable yeah. tech uh wearable yeah. tech to your pulse um <laughs> so if you are angry you want to see that reflection yeah. on, on the actual <laughs> So the irony is that, like, you know, so you have to make sure that it gets like, it, you need to kind of tell it what you want to be though. I want to be more active. So it shows you active, it up, ups the pulse and then it just stays in time with the pulse. 
Okay, <laughs> okay. We, <laughs> well, we should be the whole point of the project. Is yeah. quiet yeah. I'm trying to get in one party here, get one round up. Yeah, we're supposed to be calm, we're chill, chill. We'll chill. do the party mandala. That'll be like another project. But uh, you know, I mean, I, I hear you. You know, there's so many. The thing that's really exciting about this kind, this kind of generative art, algorithmic-based, live, real-time rendered generative art, is that the world is your oyster. You can do so much cool stuff with it. You can create mm -hmm. things for moments. You can create things for full days. You can create things that relate to particular people. There's so many interesting things you can do. We mm -hmm. just want, and, and by the way, it's hard to nail one thing when there is all this opportunity. So that's that's been one of the challenges as well. Ooh, if we could do this, and what about that? And, Actually, let's just bring it back in, focus on one thing only and deliver the hell out of that. Um, I think there was, oh, one more thing I was gonna say is it's on Arweave. So the way NFTs work, which is quite interesting, again, sorry for the technical deep dive here and your, your community may already know about this stuff, but um, the Solana NFT ecosystem is slightly different to Ethereum and I guess even Tezos has this too, which yep. is a smart contract. You write a smart contract, which effectively establishes the system that uh, allows you to mint uh, your NFT. Um, it's like the authority that mints, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, on Solana, they've actually built this thing called the Solana Program Library, which um, you instantiate in order to uh, run sort of tokenization processes. So you want to create a token, then you want to make it non-fungible, and then you want to associate it with a bunch of content, and then you want to mint it, right? So there's kind of like a series of steps. Um, what's interesting about NFTs, which I don't know if everybody fully understands, is that the NFT itself is literally just a simple data entry in the blockchain that says this particular address, let's say this hash, is related to these to to, to this kind of metadata. Yeah, right? yeah. And that metadata may point you to a file, to a movie, to an image, to a text file, to a PDF even. So the point is that the actual NFT itself is just, it's like, a, it's a thing that points to the media. Rather the timestamp, isn't it? It's a timestamp on the blockchain that point, has a piece of metadata that points to what, whatever it, it, it's connected to. Own, exactly, own. but it points yeah. to the things that are connected yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Thing needs to be, the things it's connected to also need to be put somewhere, which is why you have IPFS, RWE, yeah. and some people just use other CDNs or their own web servers, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear around NFT content disappearing because if somebody's web server goes down, that's the end of that. That's one of the reasons why we went with Arweave, which is permanent storage. Like you upload it once and it's there forever. Well, that's the guarantee, right? It's a blockchain as well. We really, I mean, we had some interesting technical challenges with it, but uh, in the end it worked out. It delayed, I meant a little bit last yesterday, but uh, <laughs> it worked out really well. I, I'm a big fan of Arweave. And what I love about it is once you have, you know, it's all on Arweave forever, no matter what, but if you download it to your computer, of course, you've got it as well. Um, sorry, I went on a bit of a technical chat there, but I think it's kind of interesting. Nobody really gets that. Well, not, not nobody. A lot of people don't fully understand or appreciate that the, the, the NFT itself is just an address that references the things that they actually love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's 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 important for you to touch on. I mean, like, because it's not really spoken about the the actual the understanding of what an NFT is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, what's interesting is like that's why you can have an addition to NFT so easily. You have like you know, well, it's addition, so is it an NFT? That's another yeah. thing. Um, but you're just pointing the same address to the same objects, and you have as many as you want of them. It's kind of like you know, it's cool, but I don't love that as much as the the truly one of one, one of one unique. <laughs> Um, well, I didn't say, so I'll, I'll jump into the drop very briefly because it's worth mentioning that because 
because talking about the anxiety thing, it's super interesting. <laughs> um, you don't know what you don't know, right? So like, all you know is that you, you, you're consistently trying to communicate over Twitter. You're trying to keep some interest in your Discord by getting people to randomly talk on it. You know, hey team, don't forget to respond to people's posts. I want to make sure that everybody feels like they're welcome. And you know, like literally that's what it's like. You're like, yeah. shit. I don't know how to make people talk. All I can do is talk myself a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully it's just not an echo chamber. But then what's interesting is when you get closer to the mint, because the hype the space seems to have, people aren't preemptively looking at the stuff. There's like 30 mints a day on Solana alone, right? Maybe 20. I don't know mm -hmm. at the moment. I've been looking. So they're not looking ahead. They're looking now. What yeah. is happening now? And when they see something they like, they'll check it out. They'll join the Discord. They'll start following. And so what was fascinating for me about this experience was Almond was yesterday. At, uh, it was supposed to be at 6 p.m. Ended up 7 p.m. As I mentioned. Normal. Um, yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> resolved now. Um, but um, the so 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 about a day before, like about 24 hours before, suddenly we started seeing so many people joining the server. Hundreds of people were joining the server. And I was like, where the fuck are they coming from? <laughs> what have we what done? <laughs> we're not paying any promotion for this, right? Like everybody's trying to shill us their promotion services. We're like, no, we want to we want to go grow organically, blah, blah, blah. They're like, you're going to fail. Like, stop telling me that. I can't take it anymore. You know, it's weird. lots of back talk and front talk, all the talk, you know? Mm -hmm. and, the big, and I'll tell you this, in the morning yesterday, so we had a lot of chatter and, and the community was feeling like a community, right? We had people talking to each other, supporting each other, answering questions, helping each other find the answers, suggesting other projects. I mean, but in a positive way, not in a shilling yeah. way. Like it was just, it was the dream of the community that I, I had always hoped for three weeks, four weeks prior when we started, or even five, six weeks prior when we started our Discord, right? Which yeah. in space is crazy because people start them in a day, pay for people to join or have an amazing community already. And suddenly they have about 10,000 people and you're like, whoa, how did that happen? Mm. So, so you, we would be inconsistent, but it did feel like an echo chamber. Suddenly this morning, uh, yesterday morning, we're like, okay, something's good is happening, but we still don't have it. We don't know if this is the right amount of interest for a successful drop. And I, I, I said to my team in the morning yesterday, guys, whatever happens, <laughs> sell one third of our first drop. Our drop was for 333. We have 3,333 in total of our, yeah. of our, you know, our total supply. We, 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 we were planning to originally drop all of them, but the market changed. And I didn't like this kind of hype building through paid promotion. It really didn't sit well with me and the values of our project. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of pulled back from that whole approach. We said no to most of the, or pretty much all of the paid promotions. We agreed to do like gifts and like, you know, competitions with gifts and stuff like that. It's fine. But, but didn't want to pay for the like shill posts and all that stuff. And we just decided let's, let's grow slowly and hopefully build a community at the same time. So that was the thesis. If we grow slow, we might build a community as we go, rather than trying to force that community to become something before it needs to become something. Yeah. And so yesterday morning, the question was, do we have enough community to sell a third of them, like 111 of them? We don't know. If we sold two thirds of them, I would be grinning because I'd be like, shit, that, that was a success considering, considering this whole process and the value put into it. But more importantly, trying to build a community with people who actually cared about the project. And if we sell out, I, I'll probably burst into tears, right? Like I, I, I wasn't sure how I'd react, but I knew it would be significant. Um, 
And the minting experience was fascinating. Like again, the hive of activity on the server felt so good. I was like, wow, and this is only for 333 mints, right? So it's yeah. like a small number to mint. I can't imagine what the 7,000 gov looked like. We had to quiet the server. We had to remind everybody about scamming. We did all the right things. We, you know, we, we had some fake scammers, as I mentioned, which, which, as I said, was a weird kind of badge of honor. It meant that some scammer thought we were worth scamming. I was like, <laughs> great, <laughs> just don't scam my people. But I mean, it's nice that you thought that. Um, but in the end, it took like 13 hours, but we sold out uh, of our, our first drop. Congrats, congratulations. Thank you, thank, thank you. And uh, there was definitely a few tears in my eyes this morning when I discovered yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I will, like, it, it feels like such a vindication in some way, but I don't know to whom right? Mm. Who am I vindicating myself to <laughs> against, etc.? Like, I think it's to me. To yourself, battle with yourself. I mean, this, yeah, this, this is what it is. Yeah. That's kind of how it feels, which is like, what? You're 43 years old, Daniel. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. I've got plenty of history to, 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 to look at and wonder why the hell I made those decisions, right? Yeah. Here I am. I put all of my team's focus and energy into this thing literally for the last two and a half months. It's been you know, if we were charging people for a project, this would have been a massive project for us. <laughs> but we didn't. We all did an amazing job. And in the end, we succeeded in selling out in our first week. And we're hopefully going to do the same next week. And let's see how it goes from there. We're going to continue mm -hmm. growing organically. But the real thing that we got, and the thing that I'm most excited about, is we have 333 people out there who are now invested in our project. We love it. Most of them. I'm sure there's some that don't. Who, who are excited about it, who want to see it grow, who feel like they're part of the beginning of something. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel, A, insanely responsible for their journey with us. We need to make sure we don't screw that up in whatever way we possibly can. Be honest if we do. Tell them mm -hmm. the honest truth if we screw up. But give them as much as we can to make them feel valued as a part of our whole process. Include them in our process as much as possible. So that's number one. Number two, <coughs> Thankfully, we also have some some uh, some funds that we can use to continue the development of the project. So, yeah. again, don't take the money out immediately. Use the money to continue growing the project. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm like, I'm thrilled beyond words. It's been an amazing journey. But again, now we're going to weekly drop every every week. We're going to drop another 333. Maybe we'll increase that. Maybe we'll decrease that. Don't mm -hmm. know. We'll kind of be dictated a little bit by what the market's doing. And being kind to yourself or making decisions as you go, rather than forcing yourself to focus on a particular path, I think is a really important thing to do. The stuff is changing so fast. You can't just decide something three weeks ago and just commit to it. You have to kind of be consistent with your, your approach and your values, but still be willing to kind of change tack a little bit as you go forward. I think that's the right approach, man. Like it's in take, take it every step, day, like everything day by day. Um, and to communicate with your community if you're having to change something you may have said something a few beforehand but if you have to change it, you have to change it and be transparent because that's what the whole blockchain is this is all about isn't it being transparent with your community i think what, i think what you guys have done i think potentially i don't know if you agree or not but i think it's the start of um like potentially nft well-being um so um this is something that i i've always thought about um and I think it's it's gonna that's I think that's gonna do really well in that industry if people get it right. And I think that you've kind of yeah. like took the first steps in regards to doing that. Um, I mean, thank you, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, as I said, we're not we don't profess to be uh, experts at all in that kind mm -hmm. of in the well-being space. But I will say, 
you know, one of the things we're giving to our community, uh, we're creating a kind of grant program mm -hmm. for people who are interested in meditation and other kinds of mental wellness activities. And people will be able to apply for those grants and we will use those grants to hopefully help them to become better versions of them, their, themselves. Um, that's one of the ambitions of the project. It's all written into our roadmap. It's clear. We have a separate wallet for those transactions, et cetera. It is, I'm on the same page as you. I, I think it's so interesting. This space needs to not calm down as such, but to like step sideways a little bit and be Level. willing to <laughs> allow a different psychological approach mm -hmm. to also be a part of it. And, and I think, by the way, it's going to happen. You know, I'm sure yeah. all the big players are going to find a way to kind of include I've, themselves. But, I've uh, seen, uh, but if you've seen recently, Gary V, um, he's teamed up with uh, Gymshark, which is probably one of the, biggest fitness brand in the world. And I think no doubt that that's going to be something that they're going to be looking to <laughs> Energy and fitness. If and Gary Vee is doing something, it's going to have NFTs in it for sure. And they'll probably be insanely successful. So, you know, he talks, he's somebody who talks a lot about doing your, your uh, you know, do a hundred hours of research, do yeah. 80 hours of research here and hundred hours. And honestly, like, I feel like from March to, to, to today, that's literally all I've been doing. This whole project is a big research project, right? Just learning about how the blockchain works, how people respond to it, building a community. That's a whole learning journey. Everything that, by the way, is the best part about all this. I have not stopped learning since I started this, this journey. Same. I haven't felt like this since I was doing my master's in New York. No, seriously. No, no. I, mean, I, I, I laugh, but it's 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 education every day, isn't it? Like this. it's true. It's amazing. But how exciting is it to know that you're in, you want to learn? Like shit, yeah. that's an amazing outcome, right? I mean, you're a dad, I'm a dad. Mm -hmm. Learning how to be a dad, that's a journey in its own right. But yeah. also like you're excited about that because you're like, oh, you you have an equal parts fear and excitement you know am i going to break it <laughs> this beautiful little thing that has just suddenly emerged or am i going to learn how to be a good person and that, that mm. helps it to be the best it can be in its future so that's a wonderful but that's a real slow burn yeah this is also exciting but nowhere near as slow it's moving like a red or not I I think you, as you, you around have you told your kids about crypto and nfts do they own any like what? um well well one 10 year one 10 year old and one two year old so the two-year-old doesn't know anything about nfts 10 year old's a bit cute she's curious she, she knows she knows what nfts are she, she thinks nfts are pictures that you can own um uh, and she's really interested in because i'm really interested in the digital fashion so um and i see her having a lot of fun with that so i was using the other day the dress x app uh, when you and you can have the the wings on your back and so on. I was taking pictures and that and seeing them really really enjoyed that. But um, I guess so. I mean, I haven't really. I, just, I, have, I have to just jump in there because this is really important. So you're you're being a great dad. Clearly, that's amazing. Yeah. You're introducing your daughter to some amazing technologies that are new for us but normal for them. Right. Mm -hmm. That is cool and an amazing thing that's happening now for the kids of today, the young kids of today. They're going to be growing up in a very different paradigm to the one we're in right now yeah metaverse blah 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 all this shit is going to resolve the dust will settle and it's going to be fascinating and more stuff will come right and then there's ai which is a whole other other thing yeah but what's interesting about that to me and again one of the reasons for my existence at the moment is this space needs to have more responsibility right take more responsibility for the world it is creating yep 
you know, we, we, we both met, saw each other at NFT London. Well, we've really done a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a meandering chat, but this is important. Yeah. Uh, and probably the most important thing that I, I keep thinking these days about the overall space. This space is full of, you know, um, you know, uh, my son from the uh, Royal, uh, what was it? Royal Soft. Central Hall? Southbank, sorry. Southbank, yeah. Yeah, Southbank, yeah. yeah. You know, what he said, and, and yeah, we, we were chatting to him a couple of weeks back. It, it was, yeah. He was one of the most refreshing talks that we had, a five-minute talk, and he said some stuff which is true, true, true. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it here because it's so important, and I truly, mm -hmm. genuinely believe it, which is we live in a world that's a bit fucked because of us. Mm -hmm. Well, it's very fucked because of us. Uh, sorry to the kids listening. Um, and we are creating this whole other world and blockchain is very much a sort of the, the platform upon which it's being built. But what we need to do as practitioners and creators in the space is make sure that we, we create a world that doesn't reflect the one we're in now, but reflects the world we want it to be, right? We have this really unique opportunity to create a world. Not many people get that opportunity. And we, as the creators in the space and as the practitioners and the users of the space, all get to have a voice in that process. That is so exciting and a little bit scary. Yeah. We really all need to think about what do we want to support for the children that we raise? Because what we do now is going to have a big impact on that. It really will. I agree with you 100%. And this is another reason why I'm um, doing what I do in the space within regards to NFT talks offering information for people that don't understand because we, we both hold we have the information when we have a responsibility to obviously help other people that are joining the space uh, and do things with the right intentions also um because it is dangerous because it is our kids future <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy that i can be in this position to kind of not say have a narrative or have a platform where i can kind of put out things rather than watch other people put out things and complain about it. Like, so like you said, like, if you don't like something, go do it yourself. Um, so um, yeah, hundred percent. Honestly, like, you know, and that's, that's why, that's why this is, well, that's why I'm so pleased to be here because <laughs> I, I firmly believe we need more voices that are bringing kind of like the conversation to a broader group Yeah. to help educate, but also to raise awareness in the right way around what, what people can contribute to and be a part of and make maybe better choices around. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to disrespect anyone, but, you know, I'd rather support uh, an artist that is, I, I'd rather, and this is perhaps a can of worms, but I'd rather support a non-white dude artist at the mm -hmm. moment than I would other people, sorry, yes, than I would white dudes. That was kind of confusing. What I mean yeah. is like, support people who yeah. have struggled to get the support in the real world, right? Because that's how we shift the freaking narrative. Mm -hmm. Why um, do you think? Why do you say that though? Like I said, what, what's your perspective of? Just interested to hear why you say that. Because okay, once you say something like that, people are going to go, "Well, why?" And, yeah, no, yeah, and, yeah. And, and like I said, this and is as all a white dude. Why yeah, am I saying yeah. that? This right. is, but this is it. Like I said, this is a conversation. This is an opinion. Like so, there's a, everyone's got their own opinions. So this is your opinion. You know yeah, what I mean? So different facts. So Sorry like, if I've yeah. opened up a can of worms. Yet. No, no, it isn't. Like, but these are conversations that I'm open to talk about. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see why you say that. I like, just... Um... So, okay. Uh, wow. I don't know if we should open this fully, but let's go. 
Uh, it's, it's just over there. <laughs> okay. I, my background is South African, right? Okay, cool. I grew up at the end of apartheid. Mm -hmm. I grew up around people who used to work for my family um, as domestic workers. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, we're not going to go through the detail of that, but I will say that my family was good to everybody who worked with us. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember a few moments which were really frightening to me as a child because it was frightening to them because of their race. Okay. And that was a really interesting moment for me to reflect on and gave me some real insight into like, oh, I have no idea what other people are experiencing. All I know is my own experience, but Jesus, mm -hmm. I have no, sorry, again, apologies for the language, but I have no idea what other people are experiencing. And so I can't make grand assumptions. Mm -hmm. What I have seen since then is that the world that we live in today is still predominantly controlled and and run and um, uh, driven, whatever, mm -hmm. by by the same looking people. Mm -hmm. And I I think that and and unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately whatever however you want to see it I I obviously in some ways I am the same thing right I, I'm yeah. trying to be successful as a same looking person. Yeah, as, as, a, as we were saying, as a, as a white man, yeah. As a white dude, yeah. right? I mean, like I, I said, it's, it's... I reflect <laughs> the people who have power, right? Yeah. And that, and 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 it's, been, it's meant that things have been some, in some ways easier for me, and it's meant yeah. that uh, I also have some weird uh, guilt as associated with it too, I'll be honest, right? Yeah. Okay. Again, history, et cetera. Yeah. But I, I can see that there's, there's a real opportunity now within the space that we're in to help to raise the awareness and the voices and the uh, creative practices in particular, when I'm talking about artwork specifically, yeah. of the people that don't look like the people who have power today, i.e. people who are not straight white dudes. Yeah. That's great as well, because that's also a big part of this conversation. So that, that's what, where, where I'm coming from. How do I solve that problem? Well. I can't solve it 100% by any stretch of the imagination, but what I can do is I want to try and contribute things to the world that feel not gender specific. Yeah. So the artwork that our mandalas represent are extremely gender neutral. The colorways we have are not gen gendered in any way. Like yeah. you know, we, we really, there's no gender manipulation happening because of that. Well, sorry, gender influence. influence by gender, yeah. I can't yeah. describe it. My point is, it is meant to be a beautiful artwork in its own right, regardless of who you are, where you're from, what you do, right? Yeah. Universally intriguing. That's the, that, so, so what can we put out into the world? Things that are beautiful because they're beautiful, not because they reflect a beautiful woman, a beautiful man, mm. etc. right? Yeah. That's the one thing. So that's, that's where my creative practice can influence it, or our creative practice in my team. <coughs> Pardon me. The other way is by supporting artists that um, <clears throat> are similarly inclined uh, and also are, um, uh, well, where possible, supporting artists that you think really are great and should be raised up because of their art uh, and they happen to be uh, not white straight dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like this, okay, so like I said, I, I see, I mean, these that's your perspective of what you've seen so you have it's fine for you to, to say that too also i mean what i what one thing i will say is that for example this is not nothing based on attack on any events uh but obviously the event we went to um there was 
nobody uh, there was there was nobody like me there was lack of there was no there was no there's no women there well that may be down to the, where the conversation had been had um not necessarily because it, it was an open it was an open invite so i can't say nobody could you know what i mean like it it's where the conversation being had so it, it's there's so many things it, reasons why it could be but we have to be conscious of this now and, and look about like like yeah. uh, as i said of what 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 does it look like now and what can we do to make sure everybody gets a chance or everybody's on the same level getting the same level paint because it's decentralized isn't it and actually that's what we're trying to do that's, that's exactly yeah. right. living this is a fully decentralized approach to producing things right mm -hmm. and participating in things mm -hmm. so there's no reason for it to be one nation doing it or one what what one race doing it or one religion doing it right yeah. or one gender <clears throat> that so you know that i totally get what you're saying and i'm fully aware of it and i was noticing that too right mm -hmm. i have a i don't want to go through this can of worms as well um i have two boys okay <clears throat> i have two sons and my wife is one of the strongest women i've met in my entire life strongest people has nothing to do with just being a woman she's just an incredibly strong person and we are going to raise our children in the way that we would love to have been raised in some ways ourselves mm -hmm. that reflect that that reflect well and reflect the world that we want our kids to see as much as we can and in the right way to them obviously they'll have their own opinions etc but it's really important that we do our best to kind of um clarify the quote-unquote narratives that they're going to encounter uh, in the best possible way so that they can understand the importance of, it, of diversity across the board. Yeah. So why do I have an opinion about this in the NFT space? Well, ultimately it's because the kids that we are raising, I want them to live in a world that does not have as much of the insanity that we see in the world we live in today. And it is insanity. Yeah. It's true insanity. And... <clears throat> And I and I and I'm and I'm I'm on the outside looking into the space, right? I don't yeah. have a right to say certain things. I and I don't profess to have said anything about that. All I can say is, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Well, these are things I'm going to do. And you know, and then share that opinion with people as well, uh, publicly wherever possible, honestly wherever possible. Um, it doesn't mean, by the way, that I'm only gonna buy, you know, work by uh no, it's by women. But it's conscious, conscious making a decision, isn't it? As of being aware, exactly. it's about being aware because if you're not, you're arrogant to what's going on, then you, that's what it can just easily create, recreate the world that we already live in, uh, which is uh, so that, that that's something that needs to be, these conversations are so, they need to be had, um, yeah. talking about family and, and talking about the kids, but the kids of the future, they'll be, this is where point three on, they'll be living in this world. We are, if you want to talk, contributing to be pioneering this world and creating this world and having some input. So everybody should have these thoughts from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, so, yeah. Well, if you don't have them now, it's going to be too late. Yeah, it's be too late. Yeah. Yeah. The shit is happening so fast. Mm -hmm. It's developing so quickly that, and that, and the people developing it are going to ultimately make it a reflection of the world that they want, that they, that, that they know. Yeah. 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 So, so how do we help to guide that in some way, in whatever way we can, whether through conversation, through the work that we do and through the decisions that we make yeah you know so so 
you know, hopefully doesn't create too much of a, uh, well, I hope there's a really interesting discourse around that. Yeah, I, I hope it does. I mean, this is the thing, like, it's so, such a subject, you like, I mean, and I see your approach on it, you're like, oh, well, I don't really want to say, because you know what kind of backlash these things potentially can have, but you know what, if you believe in what you're saying, that's why I started off with it, it's an opinion. And I, I, I agree with you um, to, in regards to what you've said, these things we need to talk about. And yeah. if there's going to be backlash, then the people that are giving backlash are the people that don't want to be like that. So, um, so well, that's fine. <laughs> oh, they don't have a conversation, good, but right? it needs to happen. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to, obviously, when anyone is willing to speak about that, I'm definitely going to speak about it uh, when, that's cool. when it's right, yeah. And I will say, uh, you know, it's interesting. I have, I've had conversations with a couple of um, female practitioners in the space. Yeah. Um, and one of the, it's interesting, you get really differing opinions. Mm-hmm. Some women would rather, that I've spoken to, yeah. creators in the space or dabblers or collectors or whatever, they do not believe it's right to have women only DAOs or artists, et cetera. And other women 100% do. And I'm just like, well, honestly, you guys, I mean, gals, sorry, mm-hmm. the, the, the schools of thought that we're busy uh, dealing with here, you welcome to each of your opinions. But ultimately, I can't decide based on your opinion. I can only do what's right for mm, however I need to take a stand in the space or at least maybe yeah. have an opinion in the space. Um, and I think you're both right for both reasons, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but my perspective is where I can, I would love to support in the right ways with the right decisions, collector, collections, and the work that I produce. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you so much for uh, uh, crafting the uh, what's the word, the aura around that conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hope I hope, uh, I hope it does generate some interesting discourse, though. I definitely would be worthwhile, and I'd love to kind of continue that conversation. But again, I don't know if I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was allowed, man. Like it, it, it's it. But thank you for obviously, yeah, just open, being open. I mean, you've this is probably the the podcast episode that was being so open with regards to we're talking about mental health, uh, talking about what's going on in the NFT space, talking the, the mental and talking about diversity and lots of different things. So yeah, yeah, we man. But um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time out. Um, I wish you all the best with the project. And where, where can people find yourself uh, uh, to get the next question. drop? Thank you so much for uh, asking that question. Uh, so we'll be dropping on a weekly basis. Um, the next drop is going to be obviously a week from yesterday. So the 24th, I believe, of November. And then a week after that and a week after that. I don't know when this podcast comes out, mm-hmm. but keep adding seven days to the, yeah. the 17th um, for 10 times. And uh, you'll find it at soulmandalas.art. Mm-hmm. You can always follow us on Twitter at uh, soulmandalas, S-O-L-M-A-N-D-A-L-A-S. Uh, but thank you so much, Sean, for including uh, me in this and for letting me share some random thoughts and some experiences. Now, I appreciate you taking the time to come out. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Everyone stay listening and stay blessed.